You're listening to New Life Church in Richmond Hill, Georgia. We're going to go to the book of Matthew, and we've been talking through uh, these stories of just how being willing to move where God wants you to move to. Um, being willing to go where God wants you to go. And you've maybe sensed a theme in some of the things that we have sang and uh, maybe sensed a theme in some of the, the, you know, what we've talked about. And so that's, that's where we've been is just moving into those places where God wants us to move to. And sometimes that's not always easy. Sometimes doing, doing that seems, um, you know, like with Abraham, I want you to go to a place that I'm going to show you. And he just did not show him. He says, you got to start the trip and I'll show you where I want you to go somewhere along the way and God did come through he did show Abraham where he wanted him to go but Abraham had to take some steps of faith to start that journey and so we talked about that again last week with uh, the uh, story of Joshua and the children of Israel after after Moses had died that Joshua leading the children of Israel into the promised land and they had to step into the river they had to step in faith uh, into something that they did not see yet and they had to believe that God was going to keep his word and God does keep his word God does not lie to us and so for for us as we're on this journey it means that we're learning to be people of trust and we're learning to be people who will uh, put our faith in God now I, I love games um, we we play games at our house. Uh, one of the first things me and Randy did when we got married was we bought a Scrabble board, and we would sit there and play Scrabble uh, because we probably didn't have any money to do anything else, right? Anybody remember those days, right? Uh, and so that's uh, we played Scrabble, and uh, she's a lot better at those games than I am. She's she's like, that's not a word. And I said, I think it is a word, right? Uh, it is a word in the Southern Dictionary of Ryan. If you look it up, there is a word for that. And I just make stuff up sometimes because it sounds good and I need the points um, but there's some games that I played maybe there's some games that you have played anybody ever played Simon Says Simon Says right so so I want us to play a little Simon Says this morning will you stand with me can you stand with me I want us to play a little Simon Says <laughs> Simon Says stand up good good some of you guys you played this before you, you got this Simon Says Simon Says stand up Simon Says raise your right hand Simon says, raise your left hand. If you put your other hand down, sit down. <laughs> Simon didn't say put <laughs> So you should have both hands up. Si raise your hands. Or if you just raise your hands, you need to sit down. Simon, Simon says, raise your hands. Simon says, put your hands down. Simon says, stand on your left foot. Simon says, put your foot down and stand on your right foot. Simon says, put both feet down and raise your hands. Put your hands down. Yeah, if you put your hands down, you're out. I won't give you guys it. <laughs> this is painful. This is painful. I'm watching. Y'all can sit down. Y'all can sit down. Simon didn't say sit down. See, all of y'all are out now. I uh, got you all. Got you all. So, yeah, we play these games, right? And um, sometimes living uh, for Jesus and going to church uh, kind of feels like Simon says, right? And it's not Simon says, it's like Jesus says. And Jesus says you got to do this. And Jesus says you got to do that. And Jesus says this. And Jesus says that. And it's like after a while, what we're doing is we're just doing Jesus says. And Jesus says, I got to check this box off. And I've got to do this thing. And I've got to do this thing. And it, it can become like religious. It can become less of a heart and more of rule keeping. Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
Um, and and that, that, was, that has been me and at various places in life where uh, I just felt like, man, uh, my heart was really not in this. I'm just keeping rules. And so it's always that God is st still trying to lead me uh, back to saying, hey, make sure your heart is there. Make sure your heart is in this. Where is your heart at? Right? And so... Um, it can be kind of like Simon says, in, in a sense, like Jesus says. Uh, this morning, we're going to go to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 4 is where we're going. And um, there are invitations that we see Jesus give in Scripture. Uh, and there are some that stand out to me uh, a little bit clearer than others. And so there are some invitations that we see in the New Testament. Uh, Jesus says things like, uh, take and eat, right? That is an invitation. Take and eat. When we go and um, take communion, you know, that's what we're doing. We're, we're doing what Jesus says to do, take and eat. Jesus gave us an invitation to watch and pray right? Uh, so we, we watch and pray. Jesus also gave us an invitation to go and tell, right? He says these are, these are things that Jesus has given us an invitation to. But the one that we're going to look at today, um, and, and this is one that I think kind of plays into where we were just at, it is the uh, invitation to come and follow. Come and follow me, right? And so what does that look like? What does that look like less than religion because that's not the goal the goal is not for you to be religious the goal is not for you to get religion I know anybody ever heard that's an old term right he got religion right anybody ever heard that and that is not what we're about I'm not here for you to get religion right I'm not here for you just to get religious uh, I believe that actually religious uh, religiousness can be dangerous I believe that religiosity uh, can actually be toxic to us because it can you can totally eliminate God and be very religious you can totally eliminate any belief in Jesus and be very religious. I can be religious about all kinds of things. I can be religious about going to the gym. I am not, okay? I am not. I could, well, probably I couldn't be. Maybe you could be religious about going to the gym. You know, we could be religious about all kinds of stuff. And, and it could have nothing to do with God at all. And so I don't believe that this is the invitation that we get is to come and be religious. We don't see that. But what Jesus does say is this. He does say, come and follow. And so I want us to read this story in Matthew chapter 4, beginning in verse 18. Uh, Matthew 4, beginning in verse 18. And it says, while walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. There it is right there, right? Remember that from Sunday school? Anybody remember? You'll be, isn't there a song? I'll be a fisher of men, fishers of men, right? Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. And immediately they left the boat and their father, and they followed him. Now, I want to I just kind of park right there. And this, this is the only scripture that I have today, so this is where we're going to be. But, you know, who is Jesus making this invitation to, 
right? Who is Jesus making this offer to? Jesus is extending an invitation. He's extending the invitation to these, uh, to these guys. And uh, I don't know what picture you get in your head. Uh, I always had gotten this picture of, of old men, like 35, 40-year-old men, you know, uh, out, out on these boats fishing. And that's really probably not a true picture. They're probably a lot younger than that. They're probably between the ages of like uh, 17, 18, 19, 20 years old, right? So, so they're young men. These are young men, and they're, they're out in the boats fishing. And why are they in the boats fishing? Uh, it's because they did not make the cut uh, to, to continue uh, their education in Torah. And so this is how it worked during that time, that um, all children went to a thing called Bet, Bet, Bet Safer. Uh, and I'm probably butchering that. But it was basically like elementary school for kids at that time. And so that's basically where everybody went. And so you came and you studied scripture. Uh, everybody went and studied scripture. But if you were really, really smart and if you were really, really uh, like the cream of the crop, right, you would go on to the next level and you would study at the school of the secondary school, Bet Midrash, right? You would, you would go to that next level and most people did not go to that next level, all right? Only those who had you know, uh, just they had great skill. Um, they had uh, just they they had you know some qualities that maybe everybody else did not have, and so these guys they're fishing because they didn't make the cut. They they didn't make the cut to the next step. Uh, they had studied at uh, at the first level, uh, but they did not get invited to continue on. And so what happens is this: is they go and learn a trade, and this is what they were doing. They were they were in their learning of learning the trade of of uh, becoming fishermen. And this word fishermen, where we, we read, it said, "I will make you." It's always weird. I will make you fishers of men. I I don't know about you. That just makes me feel weird. I'm like. I'm not a big fisherman, and I definitely don't want to fish for men, okay? That's not, Jesus, I'm not signing up for that, okay? Uh, if I'm just being honest, that just sounds strange. And um, if, you, if you do some study on this phrase, fishers of men, uh, really what it, it kind of opened up for me last night, when I started kind of doing a little bit of just the, where these, these words came from, etymology of some of these words. And the Greek word is helios. Helios is, is the Greek word there. And it really means those, it, it really means those who are sunners. What does that mean? He said, that's just even weirder, right? What is a sunner? A sunner is someone who is out on a boat, right? It means that they're out in the sun. They're working in the sun. And this is what a fisherman would do. A fisherman would be out in a boat, right? They're out working in the sun. And so this idea of sunners comes from that. And that what the uh, uh, kind of a, a little bit deeper idea into that is this, is that when they're taking these fish and they had these big large drag nets and they would take these nets and they would put them, put them down and they would kind of pull them behind and they would drag them into the boat. What they're doing is they're going down and they're getting fish and they're pulling them out of the deep dark sea and they're pulling them into the light, pulling them into the sun. And it just kind of, man, as I began to see that, I began like, oh, you know, sparks begin to fly in my brain. I'm like, all right, calling them out of darkness into his wonderful light. Anybody remember that scripture? And so I began to think about about that. 
And um, if and, and Pastor Trent would know this because we've kind of had these conversations. Um, in the Old Testament, uh, any idea of water or river or sea, uh, and this really wasn't a sea. It was like a big lake, okay? Um, not even really that big of a lake. Uh, it might be a big pond in a sense. Uh, and it's called the Sea of Galilee. Luke calls it something else. It doesn't really say it. He says it's more of a lake. Um, but this the Sea of Galilee would have been looked at in the Hebrew culture as being a place where there's chaos. And there would be storms that would come up on this lake. And that you would see this throughout Scripture. Uh, Jesus comes walking across on, on the Sea of Galilee, right? At, at one point in the middle of a storm. And the, the, the guys in the boat, they think they're about to die, right? And, and so this is, this is in the Hebrew culture. This is in the Hebrew thinking. When they think of sea and they think of water, they think of chaos, and so that actually begins to color this a little bit more for me when I hear Jesus say, hey, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Because I, I, I don't really get that. Fishers of men is like, it's just kind of a weird picture. But when I start looking at it and Jesus is saying much, much clearer to me, hey, come and follow me. And what you're going to do is you're going to rescue people from the darkness and pull them into the light. And for me, I'm like, for that. That looks awesome because I want somebody to pull me out of the darkness into the light. I, and I want to do that for other people. And so this is the invitation that he's saying. He's saying, listen, I want you to come and follow me and I'm going to change your life because what's going to happen is you're going to be in one place and when we pull you out, your life begins to look totally different. It has to. So have you ever felt like you weren't good enough though? Ever, ever had that? I, I went to a birthday party. My dad pastored a church in Valdosta, Georgia, and uh, we had this gymnasium, and, uh, and we had only been there just a few months, and I had gotten invited to a birthday party by some of the, uh, some of the families that were there in the church, and their kids went to school with me. Uh, I was about middle school age at that point, and I remember going, and I didn't really know a whole lot of the kids there, even though my dad was the pastor of the church, and like people knew me, I didn't know them. I had not really uh, gotten to know them. I hadn't become friends with them. And so I show up to this party, and everybody, I can see, I walk into the gym, and there's like this foyer that has this big window into the gymnasium, and it's full of, like, kids from my middle school. And I'm just like, I'll, I'm like standing there with this gift, and my mom's kind of sitting out in the car. She's getting ready to pull off. And I, I told her, I said, wait just a second. <laughs> right? <clears throat> and uh, I go take that gift, and I put it on a table. And I turn around and walk out. And I go get back in the car. She said, what are you doing? I said, I'm not going in there. I, I don't fit in with these kids. This, this is, she's like, what are you talking about? This is our church, right? I was like, this may be our church. Those are not my kids. Those are not my people. They're not my friends. And, and I felt in that moment, I remember that right now. I, I, I can remember what, what that felt like to feel like I didn't fit in. Right? And maybe you felt like that before, like, man, I, I don't fit in here. Maybe you've come to church like that and you felt like that. I don't know who these people are. Uh, I, I'm here and I don't know that I fit in here. And I, I get that. I understand that. And, and that's a difficult place to be. See, that's where these guys were at that Jesus was talking to. Because when Jesus looked at them and he says, come and follow me. And they were like, wait, what just, what just happened? We just got an invitation to become people that fit in. Because we've not fit in. Up to this point, we were the guys who didn't make the cut. 
We don't belong there. But now Jesus is calling us to become something else. Jesus is calling us to become something new. And that same invitation is to every one of us. No matter if you felt like you belonged or you don't belong. Whether you feel that right now or you don't. Jesus is saying, come and follow me. Because I want to do something different in your life. I want you to sense that there's something changing in you. That you're moving from one place to another. You're moving from one life to the next. And it's going to look different. And, it, and it's supposed to feel different. And, and, and so Jesus invites him. He says, come and follow me. You're getting invited to the party. See, you're not, when, when you feel like this, if, if you're like just kind of doing religion, you're not so much following Jesus as you are following a rule book. I, if that's it, I mean, if that, I mean, I just, I don't know, I'm just checking, checking things off. I'm just following the rule book. I'm not really following Jesus. If you feel like I don't measure up, that's what religion does to us, right? But see, that's not what Jesus does to us. Jesus invites us to something different. Following Jesus might begin with information, but the end goal is transformation. Following Jesus might begin with some information that I get, information that I'm kind of processing, information that I'm reading, and I'm going to have all this stuff kind of going through my mouth. You know what? And, and following Jesus might start with information. But you're meant to end up at transformation, where Jesus says, I want you to come follow me. I want you to come be something different. I want you to become something new. So this idea of fishers of men is about pulling people out of darkness and chaos into the light. See, religion, religion can look like rule keeping. But see, what was intended to be a relationship with God had become a religion about God. What was, what was intended to be a relationship with God had become a religion about God. And there's a, there's a big difference. You know, there's a big difference between just following Jesus, you know, and knowing, hey, that you have my heart and I'm seeing your heart than just kind of rule keeping. That's, that's what we see a lot of times. Jesus had these encounters with people called the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the Herodians, all these different people that, that Jesus would come encounter with. And they all had their, kind of their, their stuff, their, their life, how they, wanted to, how they wanted to live their life and how they thought you should live your life. And this is what Jesus encountered with people like the Pharisees. See, this is what the Pharisees did. The Pharisees, they raised the bar and they condemned people who couldn't raise the bar with them. They raised the bar and they would condemn people who couldn't rise with the bar. See, the world, though, the world does this. The world removes the bar <laughs> and says, hey, you know what? We just condone everything. Where the Pharisees raise the bar and they condemn everything, the world removes the bar. And everything is okay. Everything's wonderful. Everything is awesome. Right? What Jesus does is different. Jesus lifts us up over the bar and transforms us. Jesus lifts us up because he calls us up to where he's at. He calls us to follow him. And wherever he goes, wherever he leads, he leads us to life. Because he told us that in John 10, 10. For the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. He said, but I have come that you might have life and have it to overflowing. I want to move you over the bar. I want you to know what transformation looks like. So what was intended to be a relationship with God at some point 
in religion, it began to deviate to just a religion about God, rule keeping about God. See, people who seemingly uh, were the least like Jesus liked Jesus, right? Have you ever noticed that? The people who were seemingly least like Jesus, they didn't look like Jesus, didn't act like Jesus. They were the ones, though, who liked Jesus because Jesus would encounter them. Jesus would engage them. Jesus would come and say, you know what? I know everybody else makes you feel like you don't belong. I'm glad you're here. I want us to be that kind of church, guys. I want us to be that kind of place in this community where we can say, hey, you know what? Maybe there are all kinds of places in this world where people say, you don't belong here. I'm so glad every one of you guys are here. Whether you feel like you're Mr. Super Christian or you feel like you're Mr. Super Center, I don't care. I am glad that you are here. Because I believe God has a purpose for us being here. I believe that God has a purpose for us going through his word. And that we're, when we look at this idea of being fishers of men, it's not just saying, hey, uh, I'm a saint and you're a sinner. It's about all of us saying we're moving from darkness to light. It's a movement of darkness to light where we're saying, God, bring me into your light. Bring me out of the chaos, out of the darkness that I've been in. See, most of us believe that God will love us if and when we change. The truth is that God loves us so that we can change. That's, see, we think that God, you'll, you'll, that's how I grew up for the longest time. And it wasn't because my, my, dad, my dad was a pastor. It wasn't because my dad told me that. You know, that God God will love you more if, if, you, just, if you just do right, Ryan. My dad never told me that. It, 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 I think some of that is kind of, we build that in because that's how we operate. Right? That's how people, that's how the world operates. If you do better, I'll like you more. And maybe I'll let you into my circle. Right? And, and, and what God does is he, he steps to those who feel like, you know what, I've never been given the invitation. I don't belong. And he steps to every one of us. And he says, come and follow me. Come and follow me. The truth is God loves us so that we can change. That's why he loves us. There's a pastor, uh, Leonard Sweet, um, and he, he authored a lot, of, a lot of different books, but this was a quote that uh, Leonard Sweet gave. He says, to follow, the law, to follow the law makes you observant. To follow Jesus makes you a servant. One who is observant, not just about fulfilling legal codes, but who is observant about loving God and neighbor. That's it. That's it. God, I want to love you. And this is, this is the relationship. And so when we're talking about from this day forward, we're in this series, we're talking about moving with God. When Jesus comes to us and he says, hey, I want you to follow me. It's an invitation not to perfection. It's an invitation to relationship. It's not an invita invitation like, hey, I'm just going to see uh, just how far you can go before you uh, drop and fall on your face, and then we're all going to laugh at you, right? That's not what that's about. Because Jesus knows, even his own disciples, uh, Simon Peter. How many times did Simon Peter mess up? His name should have just been Ryan Ogden because he messed up over and over and over and over, right? His name could have been your name because you mess up over and over and over and over. And still Jesus, knowing who Simon is, still, still Jesus, knowing what Simon Peter's going to do, he says, come and follow me. 
Not because you're perfect. Not because you have it all together. Not because I need you, you know what, to clean up your act before you. He says, I am inviting you to come out of darkness into the light. And so when we look at this story, and it's this idea of come and follow. Come and follow. See, it's time to move in Jesus' direction. It's time to follow him. And I want you to stand. This morning. What does that look like for you? I really want you to just think about this. I want you to think about just your life right now. Is it based more on performance? Is it based more on checking boxes? I feel good about myself because I did this today. I didn't break my fast and I prayed, right? I didn't eat the cheesecake. I, 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 I feel good about myself today. So because I feel good about myself, myself, God feels good about me. See, the problem with that, though, is you get to the next day and if you don't feel good about yourself, you think that God doesn't feel good about you either. The thing is this, is Jesus came from all across eternity before you could do anything good or bad to give his life for us to allow himself to be put on a cross and nailed on a cross so that we could come not because we've done anything great so that we could get the same invitation to come out of darkness into light so this morning with your heads bowed I want you to think about that have I been doing this thing on a religious basis? Am I checking boxes? Do I find it hard to believe that Jesus really loves me, that God really loves me? Do I find that hard to, to grasp? I get it if you do. Religion wants to make us in performance mode. Jesus just wants us to come to him. He says, just come to me. So this morning, Lord, we come to you. That's a very simple thing, very simple message this morning, Lord, that we're not here for religion. We're not here to do stuff. Oh, Jesus, we're here to see your heart. Lord Jesus, we're here because you gave us an invitation to come and follow. So, Lord, that's what I pray right now, that we can accept that invitation. Lord, that many of us right now, that's, that's what we're just praying right now in our hearts and minds, that we can receive that invitation from you. That invitation to know you. That invitation not to just perform for you, but to, to know who you really are. And to know that your acceptance and your grace and your mercy and your faithfulness is bigger than our unfaithfulness. To know that your mercy is bigger than my hate. To know that your mercy and your grace is bigger than my fickleness. To know that you are bigger, Lord, than my chaos and my mess and my darkness and my sin. You are bigger. And you invite me to come know you. You invite me to know you in a way of life and light. So Lord, we thank you for that. God, we thank you today that you invite us to this not because we're good, it's because you're good. It's not because we're faithful, it's because you're faithful. God, we thank you for that. 
Lord Jesus, I thank you for that this morning. And we do want to follow you. And that's what we pray, Lord, right now, that we will follow you. We'll leave things behind. We'll leave old man behind. We'll leave the darkness behind, Lord, and we'll come follow you. As you give us the strength to step, if you, as your spirit allows us to become and not just behave, you allow us to become the thing. You allow us to become the people that you've called us to be. So we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You've been listening to New Life Church in Richmond Hill, Georgia. For more information regarding New Life, please visit our website at newliferh.com.